talking about being fearful, do you have any phobias? Yeah, I heard a person, yes. Um, I have, uh, I think it's acrophobia. I, have a, I don't like heights. When I was a kid, when I was a kid, the kid down the street from me, he, he refused to go swimming. He was afraid of water. Anyone know what it means to be afraid of water? Hydrophobia. Do you have any phobias? What fear keeps you up at night? Have you ever thought about things that maybe you stir a little bit at night, don't sleep well, is something heavy on your soul? Are you afraid of something? What are your fears? A number of years ago, there was a TV show called Fear Factor, and it's manufactured fear, but they gave away uh, pretty prizes for those who endured it. So, but I say no thank you. So here's some of the stunts people had to do in the Fear Factor to earn maybe a new car or $10,000 in cash or other elaborate prizes. Eat spiders of increasing size while they are living. E. Jump between high-speed boats transporting flags. Now notice I said no thank you. Lying in a worm coffin. No thank you. Take part in a demolition derby, then race through a tunnel with alligators. Okay? No thank you. All right? Just a few more. Being launched over a three-story house with your spouse into a mud pit. I don't do that for marital counseling, okay? Fear factor. Being locked underwater box. Loved one has to walk over Scorpion Beach to save you. These are all gimmicks that people had to go through and deal with their extreme fear. And they won prizes like him and her automobiles and expensive vacations. No thank you. Um, talking about fear, um, Abraham was fearful. If you remember from last week, Abraham was promised by God that him and Sarah would give birth to a son and that through Abraham and his descendants um, that they would number in the stars of the sky and the sands of the seashore. And here's Abraham and Sarah and their life is going up in years and the biological clock is ticking and yet Abraham has no son and Abraham became fearful. Usually friends in Christ, when we become fearful, we take things into our own hands and many times sin. So Abraham arranged his own son with Hagar, who was a servant and a concubine, and bad things happened from it. From Hagar came Ishmael, and later, if you remember, God kept his promise to Abraham, came Isaac. And many believe that today we still face the consequence of that sin. Friends in Christ, many times we act out in fear. Things that bring real fear, this isn't a fear factor. It's just said Americans are afraid of three things. Cancer, public speaking, and bugs, not necessarily in that order. Do any of you like to get up and talk in public? People say it's as fearful as getting uh, the term, uh, uh, getting the diagnosis of cancer. Also, read something else this past week. Things that we're afraid of. Check those that apply to you. High medical bills. Reader's Digest says that we're all one serious illness away from bankrupt. Does that bring you fear? Being part of a hate crime. Becoming seriously ill yourself. I don't know about you, but when we go to the doctor's office for a checkup, a little bit of you fearful? It's been said that whenever we go to the doctor's office and something is serious with us, we should always take a, a pad of paper and a pencil to write down what's said or even write down questions because we become fearful and we really don't listen sometimes. Government corruption, terrorism, not enough for retirement, mass shooting. And for many of us, it's a loved one's death or um, loved one's health or loved one dying. These are things that we are fearful of. We're afraid of those phone calls. We're afraid of that. Now, the Hebrews were in the desert, and that's when this narrative takes place. In the desert, the hot, dry desert, um, God always didn't provide as abundantly as the people wanted, and it's in Massa. 
And the Israelites quarreled and tested God by saying, can you all read that next line with me? Say it, read it. Now, the issue isn't water, but I'm going to peel back the onions to that statement, is God with us or not? The real issue for that statement is, I'm afraid. I'm asking God, are you with me? Because deep down inside, if I peel away the layers, I'm afraid. Is God with us or not? The pastor, Loring, mentioned this a few times in his sermons. He says that when we have fear, we become atheists. Now, now let, me, let me hold on there. I'm not saying that we deny that God exists, but we become functional atheists, as if we are out there by ourselves. And that's what the Israelites are saying. God, are you no longer with us? Because then we're sort of like functioning atheists. You're no longer with us. We have to deal with the absence of water. And are you really present? Because we're afraid. That's one of the things that fear brings. Fear is the reality that maybe God isn't with us. So Satan tempts, just like he tempted Abraham. But God tests us. And sometimes God pushes us out of our comfort zone a little bit. And he tests us. He puts us in challenging situations, even situations we might find fearful that we might grow, to, grow with him. But here, what is the answer that God gives to the Israelites? Okay, well, the answer that God gives to the Israelites is he calls them back to the first commandment. What is the first commandment? Can you say it with me? You shall have... Okay, so let's read Luther's quote on the first commandment. Can you all do that with me? If anyone... Because many times when we get fearful, we think of the things of this world. Well, I have a lot of money. Or hold on here, um, I have a pretty nice job. Or oh, wait, I have family that has a lot of extensions. I have family that has a lot of connections. Friends in Christ, no matter the things of this world that we rely on, ultimately they fall apart. If you think that maybe the airbags and how well your car is designed can keep you from getting hurt, there is no car, no matter how many protections and how many bells and whistles that can keep us from maybe dying in a bad car crash. And maybe if in my house, in my basement, homes are still built with bricks and wood and plaster and drywall, I'll guarantee you a bad enough storm will get you. And we can say, well, I live in the United States of America and we have our military, but friends in Christ, every military in the world has fallen one time or another. Or we can say we have terrific first responders, but there's always loops there's always holes in how fast they get to us. Oh, well, hold on here. Maybe my family has this. But once again, friends in Christ, economics can change at a dime's notice. No matter what things in this world that we might rely on, they are all temporary. Hence, Luther calls them false gods. They ultimately cannot protect us. Now, Luther goes on and talks about the first commandment here. Can you read this with me? For those, these two belong together faith in God, that to which your heart clings and entrusts itself, is, I say, really your God. So when you're fearful, what do you think of? When you're afraid, what do you think of? When you're despondent, to whom do you go? Because whatever you think of or to whom do you go, that is your God. If I'm really fearful, where do I go with that? How do I deal with it? That becomes my God. To some, it becomes substances. For others, it becomes complaining. No matter where we go with that, if it's not God, then it's another God. See, the first commandment is really a heart and trust issue for God. 
Now, God comes to us when we're fearful, and over 365 times the Bible says what? Read those words. Do not be afraid. Fear not. Do not be afraid. Fear not. And then this is God's response to the Israelites who say, are you really with us, God? We're fearful. You're really here. So God tells Moses this. Take some elders and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile. I'll stand there before you at the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock and water will come out of it for the people to drink. And so God usually works behind opposites and masks in ways that are mysterious. Say, Moses, you remember that staff you used to let my people free in Egypt? Go take it and strike this rock. And Moses is saying, what? Water doesn't come out of rock. And God's saying, don't question me. Just strike the rock and water will come. I will provide. See, in our fear, God always calls us back to himself. And then St. Paul explains this a little more. Read this with me. They all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. You see, when Moses struck that rock, it really was a type pointing to Christ, who's the rock of ages. Christ is a source of water. And when Moses was pointing to Christ himself, but it goes a little bit deeper than that. Read this with me. What God really asked Moses to do is tap into Christ, whose life and whose death is the basis of our life and our well-being. For when water poured from Jesus' side, that is the water of life. And so in our fear, we always called back to Jesus, to the rock of our salvation, to the Lamb of God, the Lord of our life. Read this with me, please. For most of the funerals, the families select that scripture. So it's usually read at funerals. When a loved one, many times their body is here, right there, or maybe their cremains are there. And there the family hears this because they'll never see their loved one again. And so here, God speaks to fear. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. It's sort of a saying like saying this. What is the worst thing that can happen to any of us? We'd all say what? We die. But there is God saying, let not your hearts be troubled even in death. For if you die, then you're with me forever. I was telling a fellow pastor about a fear I had. And he walked me back a little bit and said, hold on here. You're afraid of that? Don't you know that when you die, you go where? Say it. So what are you afraid of? I guess I'm like many of us here. I'm like the disciple in the boat when the boat's rocking in the storm and Jesus gets up and calms it and says, ye of little what? Faith. That many ways describes me. We're called back to the water of life. So what does this mean for us? It wouldn't be a Lutheran sermon unless we had that. Well, first of all, when we're afraid, separate the wheat from the chaff. What I'm trying to say is, go to fellow believers who strengthen you. Don't deal with that fear yourself. Don't go talk to non-believers about it. Go talk to the community of saints for people who build you up. Go to other believers who will give you the reminder of God's love and God's blessings to you. Separate the wheat from the chaff. Go to those things, which is good. What else when we're fearful? Well, schedule it out. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, the prophet Jeremiah was very fearful. 
people are falling away from the faith in his day. They're about to get run over by the Assyrians. And Jeremiah is telling God, why did you put me in this situation? God, it stinks here. And you know, God tells Jeremiah, I want you to get up and I want you to do the daily task put in front of you. When we are fearful, what does God say to us? Go do those things I've called you to do. Stick with your vocation and stations and do that in spite of your fear. I will walk you through it. What else are we called to do when we're fearful? Well, what's my meaning and purpose in life? If my meaning and purpose in life is to have this exquisite and wonderful life and everyone's going to love me and be kind to me, of course you would fear death. Or if your purpose in life is to have all these things, I'm afraid of the economy, of course you'd be afraid. But what's our purpose and meaning in life? If it's God, then there's very little, if anything, to fear. I'll read that verse with me. If we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. What's my purpose when I'm fearful? What's my meaning in life? Well, when I think through that, fear diminishes. Next one, go to the spring, go to the rock, read God's word. Read the verse with me. Friends in Christ, many times over the years, people um, have come to me in difficult times. I've even went to some people in difficult times. And I remember a pastor friend said this to me. He said, Muse, where has God in all this? Where has God in all this? If you're hurting, if you're afraid, where is God in all this? And many times, and I know this as a pastor, most people will say this. They'll give the catechism answer. Well, God is everywhere. Because God's omnipresent. God is everywhere. In your trouble and problems, where is God? God is everywhere. Well, that's really nice, but it's not very comforting. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, it's true that God is everywhere, but that's sort of a general, generic statement. It's sort of vague. Where is God? God is where he promises to be in his word. Read the word. That's when God speaks to you. Someone said, I wish God would speak to me. He does in his word. No, I want God to speak to me out loud. Then read the Bible out loud. God is where he promises to be in his word, and God is there in your baptism waters, where he claimed you as his own child. And God is there at the communion rail, where you receive his body and blood. Yeah, it's really nice that God is everywhere, but that's really not very comforting. Much more comforting that God is in the specifics where he promised to be. And finally, in fear, you're fearful, shoot for higher things. Well, hold on, my life is, go for higher things. God is maybe testing you to become more than what you are now. Set higher goals. A wise person once said, if you aim for the moon, you might just get the stars, but it's better than being on earth. In your fear, shoot for higher things. Use those as opportunities. Read the verse with me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So friends in Christ, when we're fearful, go to the communion of saints. Look to the specific of God's word. Do the task that God puts in front of you. Aim higher. God blesses us in our fear. So I'd like to read this to you because this is what Jesus spoke to the woman at the well who's fearful. And this is what God speaks to those who are fearful. But whoever drinks the water that I will give him will never become thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become a well of water for him springing up to eternal life. And how about this for a closing thought? It's the reality of heaven for us. Read it with me. I shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water. 
and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Do not be afraid. Don't let your hearts be troubled. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen.